0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Friday is finally here, and we welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We're here, as you probably know, if not 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. That's Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports or on Facebook slash chatterbox sports daily we invite you to subscribe to the program hit the notification switch so you know when we update some of the clips we send out you can go back and hunt around for stuff later we can be found on social media twitter facebook instagram at tom brenneman tv that's tom Brennerman tv is in television we are also available and many of you prefer this and i don't blame you because everybody in the studio has a face made for radio And that is in podcast form. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. Just go to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and it will be there. All right, here we go. A huge deal last night in the National Football League as the 49ers send three future picks to the Carolina Panthers for star running back Christian McCaffrey. Clearly, General Manager John Lynch of the Niners is all in to try and get a Super Bowl title once more in San Francisco. No word yet if McCaffrey would be able to play as soon as this Sunday. The Bengals in Atlanta are roughly 72 hours and counting from kickoff at Paycor Stadium. Bengals, right now, six and a half point favorite over under 47. Now, the Falcons rush for 165 yards per game. That's third most among all NFL teams. It's interesting to note, now, a lot of this has to do with game situation and so forth, but they run the ball roughly 50 more yards per game at home than they do on the road. Now, the Bengals give up 121 rushing yards per game. But last week, as you know, they allowed 228 yards. In that victory over the Saints. And over the last three games. So you got the Ravens, the Saints, right? Good running teams. The Bengals have given up 160 rushing yards over the last three per game. Now, I know that's a lot of stats. I don't like stats most of the time. But this is certainly one to keep an eye on. How well can Atlanta rush the ball against really a depleted Cincinnati defensive line? Cleveland is in desperate need of a win brownies go to baltimore six and a half point underdog cleveland is two and four ravens tied atop the division with the bengals at three and three the next two weeks are huge for cleveland if they lose sunday in baltimore and then next monday night to the bengals in cleveland they're done they are D U N done it would put them at two and six on the year season over the Steelers will play Sunday night in Miami. Tua is back at quarterback for the Dolphins. Cleared to play. Miami a seven-point favorite in that one. Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback who was concussed last week, had to leave the game. Mitchell Dravitzky came in, let him on the touchdown drive to beat Tampa Bay. He's still in concussion protocol, but if cleared, and it looks like he will be, he would start for the men of aluminum. Other interesting games. And matchups around the league. Indy at Tennessee. The Colts are three, two, and one. Titans are three and two. So first place is up for grabs in the AFC South. And we mentioned out west. Really interesting game to keep an eye on. The Niners were rolling until last week. Got hammered down there in Atlanta. And the Niners will host the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are a two and a half point road favorite. One final note, Dak Prescott will start at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. They host the Detroit Lions, and you may remember Prescott week one broke his thumb in the loss to Tampa Bay, so now he's back. team played very well with Cooper Rush at quarterback in his absence. Thursday night football. Out in the desert last night, the Saints and the Cardinals, a wild one, 42-34. Arizona wins it. The Cardinals scored 25 points in the second quarter, thanks in large part to not one, but two pick sixes thrown by Andy Dalton. We love Andy Dalton. But primetime and Andy Dalton simply do not mix oil and water. One return for 38 yards, the other 56 yards. Cardinals go to three and four, Saints two and five huge weekend every weekend from here on out halfway through the year this starts the second half in college football game starting at noon tomorrow UC back in action on the road at smu peanut gallery over there good morning by the way casey brandon say y'all back in the saddle without the dunce cap on
1: let's go cats
0: you guys all right yeah yeah you happy to have me back I'm very happy to have you back, especially knowing the way I've been gaining ground on both of you guys in the picks, which we'll get to later today. So uh, with you back, uh, I have no doubt that I will continue to close the gap. All righty. Closing in fast. Um, SMU is coming off a 40 to 34 win over the Naval Academy. And the Mustangs have a three and three record. The 21st ranked Bearcats were off last week. They've won five in a row since that season-opening loss to Arkansas. UC is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Ohio State, one of nine unbeatens left in college football. The Buckeyes at home tomorrow against Iowa, 30-point favorite in that one. For the first time all year long, the Ohio State Buckeyes are back at full strength on offense. Remember going into the year, everybody thought Jackson Smith and Jigma was the best receiver in college football. He's not played since the first quarter of the first game, and they're the number one offense in the country. He's back this week. Kentucky off this week. Tennessee next week against the Wildcats. That's down in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Number 14, Syracuse has not lost, nor has Clemson ranked number five. They'll collide tomorrow at Clemson Stadium. Tigers, a 13 and a half point favorite. In the Big 12 number eight also undefeated tcu hosts 17th ranked and once beaten kansas state horn frogs three and a half point favorite if there is such a thing as a big game in the big 12 or the pac 12 tomorrow would be it now i've not seen ucla this year under chip kelly they're undefeated they're right ninth they go to oregon to play once beaten and 10th ranked the oregon ducks ducks have not lost since getting just mauled in the season opener down in Georgia. And without a doubt, the biggest game in college football over the weekend. The red-hot Ohio University Bobcats host Northern Illinois in Athens. Baseball playoffs game two of the ALCS last night. And the Yankees get a grand total of four hits. They strike out 13 times in a 3-2 loss to Houston. The Astros lead that best of seven, two games to none. Game three tomorrow night in the Bronx national league championship series resumes tonight in philadelphia game three that series even at one apiece and last but not least fc cincinnati went to philadelphia last night mls eastern conference semis philly wins it one nothing but what an incredible turnaround for fc cincinnati jeff birding and everybody down there congratulations i'm sure bigger and better things to come in the future we've got a huge audience already dialed in today wanting to know what's happening everybody's saying good morning sir boy wonder <laughs> william woolard 6412 mars jeremy everybody's ready to go um 6412 uh, mars says brandon's a good man slash dunce any thoughts on that i think that dunce thing is starting to stick
1: show from there if you although want. although
0: what you know, you know you got pub today uh in the morning line how about doc paul Doherty. now every week you do a simulation a madden simulation mm-hmm. of the upcoming bengals game tell us what the simulation panned out to be this week
1: well it uh was a tight game in the first half slow start as the bengals have been all season long these madden simulations with the cincinnati fear at cincinnati's esports team here in town and Marcus Mariota had a big game. They went up 3-0. Bengals came back, made it 7-3 at half, I think. Uh, so but another
0: they, slow start. Another sl- we've seen that time and time again. Another,
1: okay. another slow start. All right. And it was 22-14. They kick a field goal. The, uh, the Falcons were on top. Kick a field goal to make it a 25-14 final, but the Bengals end up losing by two scores. Now, the scores haven't always been on point, but the situations have. So a sloppy first half. Bengals have a lead at halftime, and then Marcus Mariota, on his with his feet, ends up winning the game.
0: So okay, that's so, so, so. Let me ask you. I mean, look, no one expects those things to, to to have exactly a you know a footprint on 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 what's going to happen from a statistical standpoint, that kind of thing, or a player's performance, whatever. But how correct do you know off the top of your head? Because you simulated every Bengals game so far this year. Do you know, or at least the last couple of weeks, let's put it that way, right? Do you know how whoever was picked in the simulation, whoever won the game, did that turn out to be the case?
1: There's only been two times when it's been wrong. And the first time was the first game of the year. Simulation had... Evan McPherson hitting the game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Okay.
0: Which, that was against Pittsburgh. Which should have happened. And I kind of take the first two games out. Right, right. but offensive just, line, 13. Okay. I'm just ahead. saying like how, how,
1: how, how on point it is. Okay. So that could have happened. They got the Dallas walk-off correct on Madden. They predicted that. Um, and then the Ravens game, they predicted the score was correct with the Ravens on top. Like what, they were up 13, 13, 10 or 13, whatever it was. They had 13 going into the third quarter. That was what Madden had. And they had the Bengals coming back to win by a score. Bengals messed that up. And then, but, but it's been situational too. Like when, like uh, they had Tyler Boyd having a big game against the Jets. Right. What happened against the Jets? He yep. had a big game. Yep. In this simulation, Hayden Hurst had a big game. But the Bengals, as a team, don't get the win. So well, I got to
0: tell you, you know, when, when, when you look at that, I mean, again, I we have no idea how it's going to pan out. But the Bengals only get fourteen points in this game against Atlanta, according to this simulation.
1: Keep in mind, the the scoring has not always been exactly on point. More of the situation, but yeah, base, you know basically a, a tough day for the offense.
0: Okay, all right. And Casey, I know you're not buying into that. No, <laughs> um,
2: that
0: I will smell I, around your house again. Yeah, is I, not of napalm. It's of a who-day
2: victory. But I, I will say that this game makes me very nervous after the Saints game, how that just went down. I thought we would handle business against the Saints. They're still quite, playing sloppy. Yeah, they're, they're still playing sloppy. I thought, you know, it was so obvious that they were going to run the ball, that we were going to need to stop the run. Um, I know how valuable Reader and Tupau. Yeah. And with both those guys gone, we don't have a true nose tackle. Yeah. That scares me a lot when a team, you know, they're going to run the football, just like big low country said, they will run the ball over and over and over until you can't until you stop it. And then they'll throw it over the top. So, I mean, it's, it worries me. I, I have faith that Lou and a will come up with a game plan to kind of give us a a bit of help, a bit of help with those two players being gone. But, I mean, we're not going to be at our normal defensive strength, at least for a while now, until those two come back. Um, So I, I am worried about this game, but I still feel like overall we have the better team. I think we can probably score on them a lot. So situationally if we can control the if we can control the game we'll which, be fine which hasn't happened very often right but if they control the game if they are able to yep. allow time to run off the clock then we're going to be in trouble
0: first down is going to be uh, and, and you can get bogged down in stats we know that I, I am convinced when when you play a really good running team that rarely throws them. And and who knows? Maybe they come out of the gate this week and and everybody's expecting them to run and and, and they start slinging it around on first down. I don't see that happen. Uh, Unless it's easy stuff. Pits, short stuff. But first down is going to be critical in this game uh, defensively for the Bengals. If they're turning around and handing it off or Mariota's running RPOs and they're getting five, four, five, six, a crack on first down, I mean, look... It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. It opens up a playbook that, that, that that's the ingredient for a, a really good power running football team at any level of football, pros, college, high school. If you're a team that can turn it around and everybody knows you're going to run just like last week against the Saints, that's what worries me. Everybody knew that they were going to run and run and run. I don't think they ran enough. Um, but 228 yards is a pile of yards on the ground. Yeah,
2: I, I'm hoping that the, the difference is that they had a more creative offensive attack than the Falcons will. And I think the Falcons will try to power through. Um, maybe that will be the difference in this game is that, you know, the power running game, like pulling guards, uh, gap play, is easier to defend than a creative like end around or um, that, that is what uh, one of the scores was off of, right. Against the saints was an end around or something like, so I'm just thinking like maybe it'll be like that. I don't know enough. I haven't watched the Falcons enough to know that for certain, but just from what big low country described, they they pound the rock. So
1: it's going to be a very big discipline. Every game's discipline when you're on the defensive side of the ball, but, when you have a guy like Mariota, you run some RPO, you're going to have a guy spying him. Yep. I mean, that's what we saw in that Madden simulation. The Bengals just weren't disciplined, and I know it's a video game, but, I mean, they, those people know what they're doing. I, all
0: right, I, I want to shift gears for a minute. Coming up on the show today, we have Zim Day. He'll break it all down, as he always does. He's coming up at 1040. We have Dan Horde to talk about the UC Bearcats and the Cincinnati Bengals. He'll be calling the play-by-play on both. He's on his way down to Big D. Going to the big D don't mean no Dallas, for you country music fans. Um, (laughs) You guys have no idea what that is, do you? I know what Dallas is. You know what going to the big D don't mean no Dallas in that song means? D for divorce. Ah. That's why it says don't mean no Dallas. Who sings that? I'm drawing a blank. Um, But anyway, so Dan's on his way down to Dallas later today with UC, and then he'll have to get on a plane tomorrow night or Sunday morning or whatever and uh, come back to cincinnati for that that game we'll talk to him about both games coming up um and then we make our picks eleven thirty. we mentioned in the open fc cincinnati
1: yep mark chestnut is that who you're talking about
0: is that who it is i don't know i'm just okay maybe um but look I played soccer in high school, at Anderson High School, one of the great soccer powers in in greater Cincinnati forever. I wasn't any good, but I was on the team. Um, And so, you know, there's a part of me that youth soccer, uh, through high school, college, you start getting in the MLS, and look, these are the best players, you know, I mean, at least playing in the United States, it, you know, it's played worldwide and, and followed worldwide and I guess is the world's most popular sport. Casey, you are a fan of yep. soccer and FC Cincinnati. Uh, Brandon, you and I were sitting here uh, off the air asking Casey about one nothing. It's hard to watch. It's what? hard to watch, especially when guys are 10 yards, 15 yards from the goal. And instead of taking a shot, and the only way you can score, this isn't brain surgery, right? The only way you can score is if you shoot, right? You can't score if you don't shoot. And they're trying to pass the ball to some cat standing four feet away from them. Instead of just loading up and letting it rip and see what happens. Well, uh,
2: before we get too deep into it, right, let's just talk about the game in general because... It's
1: a match. It, the match. The
2: match. Right, okay. The match. The match. Hey,
0: <laughs> soccer people are like that now. I, I, I mean, know. you know, I they're like that.
2: I love soccer, but screw the terminology. All right. No, Game. no, Man. no. We got all pitch, right. pitch, He's allowed. Field, no, no, no. If you're gonna
1: be all in on soccer, we got to call right. it a match. They wear all kits. Right. So they play PC on a pitch. They're whatever. lads. Whatever. I mean,
2: anyways, they did really well in the first half. I thought, um, offensively, they were getting their their shots in. Um, there was a few mistakes. Um, defensively for both teams, very, very good. Um, very surprised by that. In fact, um, it was the second half when they came back after, after the half and it just, intermission intermission, whatever. they were in the, they were in
1: the dressing rooms
2: and they just <laughs> seemed like they could not get it together after they scored after Philadelphia scored, they just kept making mistakes over and over again there was no sense of urgency until the very end which is like well what are we doing you know like and and they were really sloppy towards the end they were at least five to seven minutes were down by our goal line just constantly trying to fight for the ball and it going out of bounds and that that was tough to watch um but i thought i thought overall the season wise FCC was very entertaining to watch. No their, their for the, for the first very, time and it was no, no and that doubt was about. awesome. And no doubt. that that was great. I thought the Acosta to Brenner and Vasquez, great. That that those those three guys were awesome. I think they need like one or two more guys on defense to like really be a juggernaut. Um but like last night Acosta really disappointed me. I think he 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 was the one that I just felt like didn't bring his A game throughout the entire match. Uh, he goes down with an injury. Um, Everybody
0: out. goes down with an injury. They're flopping around.
2: Oh, I, okay. I get it. I get. It's part of the game. They're trying
1: to get calls. You know what? I, a, it's the same thing as what's a, a call when you get a card in soccer? What's the correct card. term? No, no, yellow no. Card, yellow no, no yellow what card. are they? What, what's the correct way to say it? Like a foul. Oh, it's a book. When you get a when you get a card, it's a booking. A booking. A booking. I'm just. It's like you're you're being booked at the local precinct. Right, right. The uh, By the way, Andrew says cleats or boots. He's on my – he understands my lingo here. All right. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying,
2: like, overall, I'm not, like, the biggest soccer fan. Like, I don't know all the different terminology. I enjoy watching it, though. I understand the intricacies of them trying to get it into the center, into the box, Um how when an offensive player just kicks it straight into a defensive player how annoying that can be how it feels for a viewer but I understand the attempt to try to get it inside the box I I, I totally
0: get it but they still pass inside the box and and you know it's the one thing about watching women's soccer and the United States women's team which has been the most dominant they're amazing. Really Great. the most dominant I, sport that Americans have you. over the past 25 30 Rose years. Rose Lavelle, I mean, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Zone. they their toll on the way from time to time, but rare. But but those ladies I, I mean they kick some ass. They are constantly on the attack. And it all started with that, you know, I know enough about soccer. I think the guy's name is is uh, Bennett. Anson Bennett, something like that, coach at North Carolina women's soccer team. They won whatever, 10, 12 national championships. And he yeah. was a guy that really just they took over U.S. women's soccer, led that team internationally. But they're always on the attack. They move yeah. their, def- their defenders way up. You know, if it's- you draw the offsides, you draw the offsides. But when they got the ball anywhere close to the goal, they were letting it rip.
2: Yeah. Honestly, you want my honest truth? I've watched way more college soccer, yeah. right? I. Fiance was a college athlete. Uh, we watch it all the time at our house. Women's soccer, soccer really? and men's. So- yeah, and yeah. it is
0: way better, especially the women.
2: Way, way better than yeah. it is for MLS and Premier League. No for, doubt to me. No because doubt because it does stop the game. It does make it like, oh God, here we go again. We're we got another guy who's just wallering on the ground. <laughs> He's faking an injury to try to get a call. Well, and in college, yeah. The, the coaches get on you for like laying on the ground. You're leaving the defense wide right. open with a hole. And I, I understand why the professionals do it because that's ways that they can try to manipulate the game to get a call, but college um, way more enjoyable. If you are a fan of soccer and you're tired of watching the the, the way the professional game is going, mm-hmm. I really do suggest you go try to watch a college match. I'll,
0: and the difference between the two well i can tell you right now fellas the more we talk about soccer the more people are dropping off the chat and watching <laughs> this show. i will can i say i mean the longer we go and everybody's just saying you're charming in soccer just don't interest me
1: i'll I mean, s- i'll say this you have to give fc cincinnati credit for being the laughing stock of the mls for their first three years turning around, going out and getting pieces. Brandon Vasquez was one of the best players in the MLS this past year. And you got to give Jeff Birding some credit too. You know, yes. when, they were on, when they were on the floor, and I, I think both of us have had a pretty good relationship with, with Jeff Birding. you know, he took a step back when he realized that he sh- might not be the best person when it comes to putting that team together. Brought in a GM, and look what happened. You yep. got to give them a lot. of Hats off to them for being able to turn that. And
0: the Linder family, yeah, because they're the ones that have to sign the paychecks and, and and pay big bucks to somebody who comes in as a GM and 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 runs all. Where are you race. gonna go?
1: Someone said that in the chat. Where are you gonna go? How many Cincinnatians are spending money with FCC and not the Reds? True. the, the experience at that place is a blast. Yeah. I'm not the biggest soccer fan. I do like. My mom just got season tickets for next year. I love going to that that stadium, TQL Stadium. They make it fun. And soccer, you know, they might not score the most goals, although Cincinnati's offense was incredible this year for most of the regular season. You'll at least have a good time. You're in and out in two hours. It, yep. it, it's a great experience. Yep. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's,
0: it's fast-paced. Right. And we're done with this.
1: And we're done. We're D-U-N done. I
0: mean, we'd like to try to get some viewers back. And I don't say that in a mean way. I agree with everything you just said. But, you know, It reminds me, soccer in Cincinnati, it reminds me, and really for that matter, in most other major American cities. It reminds me a lot of hockey. And if you ever live in a hockey town, I'm not talking about Canada, and I'm not talking about, you know, maybe isolated places here and there, St. Louis, uh, Detroit, there are a couple of others. But I lived in Chicago for a long, long time. And what you basically have with hockey and with soccer, is you have a core group of about, depending on the size of the arena or the stadium, you have a core group. Uh, and, and I'm just going to say this about hockey in Chicago, of about 17 or 18,000 fans, season ticket holders, they go to every game. And I mean, they live and die with the Blackhawks, right? But the rest of the city, now if they get hot, they want sure. to, you know, like any, any other town, you jump on the bandwagon, that kind of thing. I think here in Cincinnati, there's the experience of going to TQL stadium because it was just named like the best soccer venue in North America a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. in some magazine. So the place is incredible. There's no doubt about it. They've done a nice job down there and um, we wish them well. We wish them well. A uh, big football weekend, fellas. Football uh, or football?
1: Uh, American football. Oh, well wait, before Real we switch football. gears, before we switch gears is Casey, is this your wife checking in?
2: Yes,
1: it is. She's she's checking in, Tom. She's she's fighting back against the soccer haters.
0: Agree. More yellow cards need to be handed out for embellishing and flopping. Look at the yeah. she the she com- is
1: spot on. Comment before that. If you don't understand the game of football, you're not
0: going to enjoy it unless there are goals galore. No, you know what? Which I, I agree. I, I mean, it's- well, I mean, look, I I do know the game, and 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 now I do get a little confused with some of this, you know time and additional time. And I mean, I, I don't think that television is doing a very good job of, of making people understand that who are like last night, I went out with a couple of buddies of mine last night, had a couple beers, beers were hanging around. So thanks for the if, invite. Every time you look around, it was a last minute deal. And, right. and he, everywhere you look around, you know, you've got <laughs> choices and we weren't, we were in a really small little place. And, and so you got choices. Uh, this place where we were did not have the football game. They didn't have Amazon. So your choices were the FC Cincinnati game or the baseball playoffs, okay? And most of the people that were in this place wanted to watch the soccer game. And so, you Match. know, it was on in the whole 9 yards. But I, I you know, I don't like the running clock near the end if you're a team down where you can stand there and you have X amount of time before you put a corner kick into play and you could burn 15, 20, 25 seconds off. You know, I Bad rule, bad rule. You know what's yeah, crazy I mean, is, is in real life when you're at a
1: game at FC Cincinnati. And I don't know if it's crosses against the MLS, but when they put up extra time, they just they hold up the board. Yeah. They hold up the board, but in the stadium, I learned this from my friend yeah. Kevin, he would like in the Bailey, all these fans will like put their timer on their phone if it's five minutes of extra time because they don't display the timeout. out. No, like they don't.
0: <laughs> which is wild to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy points out uh, what is inc- uh, an incredible hockey town is Tampa. Yeah. Well, they're the lightning, right? Yep. It's part of the fabric of the community, best ownership group in all of sports. So we, we learn something every single day. Um, we're done with soccer. We're done. Yeah, we're done. And Let's we're done on. for the year with soccer. <laughs> and, and we're in October. Um, <laughs> Next so, year we'll be
2: more focused on it.
0: Well, you know what? We will. We yeah. will. Because they're going to do all the things they need to do, I have no doubt. They're going to do all the things they need to do to make the next. We should step. have Jeff on here. I bet Jeff. Would they come were the laughing stock of the league, uh, outside of the stadium and the attendance, uh, and now all of a sudden they get to the, the conference semis and and God bless them. Um, college football, fellas, all your right. UC Bearcats. Whew. Tell you what, second half of the season they've got they've they're going to get tested a little bit here. Now, I'm going to ask Dan Hort about this because I was reading online a couple of weeks ago about SMU. So, their coach, Sonny Dykes, mm-hmm. leaves SMU to go right down the road, 40 miles down the road, 30 miles down the road to Fort Worth to take over TCU as a head coach. Um, but I read where they had five players. Apparently, part of this whole portal thing oh, is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Much, much like the red shirt deal where you're allowed to play X number of plays or quarters or games, whatever it is, um, and then as a player or as a program, you have a decision on whether you're going to have a player take a red shirt where then you got to shut them down the rest of the year, uh, or now they can apply those same set of rules and go into the portal, which means they shut their season down immediately. Right. SMU had like five players that were integral parts of that program, mm-hmm. that shut it down. They were in the middle of a three-game losing streak, and they shut it down. I think this is going to be a better game than people think. Well, Tanner Mordecai has already thrown
1: for 2,000 yards, top 15 in NCAA, but I, I, it's a – there's two, like the last two years, look at how the games went. Two years ago down there, tight game until um, Desmond Ritter has that 92-yard run, blows the game wide open there in the fourth quarter. Last year, SMU just didn't come to play at all, got their got, got their boots knocked off at Nippert, UC ran away. I think this one's, like, I think it's going to be a ball game. I don't know if shootout, but I think, like, a
0: 28-21, 28-24 kind of game. Okay, so you, you, so we'll find out what you think about it when we make our yeah. picks against the spread. That's a three-and-a-half-point spread.
2: Yeah, and I, I would just like to add, too, if you look at SMU's schedule, they played Maryland and TCU, and those were like one score games. Yeah, and they can score. They can score.
0: They give so up points. They're, they're way they better score. at home too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, they, yeah, I'm I mean, worried about it. This is a uh, and, and the all ponies of a sudden now in the conference. Tulane is ranked. How about right? that? Yeah. They're 25th. They play in that nice high school stadium. Well, hey, it doesn't
1: matter. They're winning games. Have you ever been to that basketball arena down there? Yes. Holy cow! It's for me, when I lived down there and UC, it was when UC was top 10 in the country, I got tickets in the front row behind UC's bench for like 30 bucks. And I'm sitting there listening to Mick cuss, cuss, cuss out players and UC's up by 20, 30 points. I mean, it was a blast. But that arena is like like Mason High School is yeah. bigger. Yeah. It's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cool. It's uh cool. Fogelman or uh yeah, Fogelman Arena or something You're like right. that. It's yeah. cool
0: um we just got off topic but. all right no no so we got we got we got the bearcats we we, we all agree that's going to be a tight one uh the, the buckeyes are a big uh, uh, huge favorite at home iowa's, they're healthy again we Iowa talked about stinks. that iowa's defense is really good but it's not good enough to slow down uh, right this offense i don't know if any defense is um and and then we've got some other really big games around college football so we're gonna take a break we got zim Huday coming up shortly Everything Bengals with Zim Hude right around the corner. All right, we welcome you back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We love checking in with our buddy. And that's our, our main man around here at the end of the day. I mean, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of times that, that term gets floated around here quite a bit. But at the end of the day, there is one main man, and that is Zim Hude. How was the anniversary? What did you guys do, if I may ask?
3: I appreciate you bringing that up. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I had came back into town after a great victory, right? So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling awesome. I went to this really, really nice restaurant. It's like what a president he said. It's called the Lafayette, if you're ever in the, uh, Southwest DC, Northwest DC. Really, really elegant. We were like the only couple in there at the end. I purposely did it at the end. To add that spice of romance to it, where it's just us having a great conversation, no cell phones, really talking it out, just talking about like that, you know, that that one year that we just uh, went through, it was awesome. Then, you know, after that, just hit up the town a little bit, just walked, you know, waterfront action. You know me, you know, holding how I hands do
0: this. and 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 with your favorite gal in the world.
3: Yep, holding my hands and you know, woke up the next day, had a nice brunch. It was awesome.
0: That's fantastic. Congratulations and belated uh, happy anniversary. And I, and I assume you, your Lynch. son, I mean, you know, last time we checked in with you, you had the parent-teacher conferences. I had my parent-teacher conferences this week for our son. He's senior in high school and mm-hmm. like you, was just uh, thankful and grateful and uh, appreciative of how, you know, how focused and how well he's doing. And, and you feel the same way about your son. Did you and watch? see the
3: Jimmy Chase one? Did you see the Jimmy Chase uh, special, you know, Jamar's father? The I did not that see it. Ha- I did not. Oh, it's uh, it's amazing. You got to watch it. They had him mic'd up for the game, and then they had, you know, Jamar mic'd up right. simultaneously, and then they kind of did like a 15-minute. The Bengals tweeted it and stuff like that, so you should check it out. Like, it's, it's really it, – it might it's a tearjerker at some points in there, so it's, it's a really good – overview of how he got here, his, you know, Rumble High School, uh, going to LSU and all and all that, and then they roll it all into one Sunday at the Superdome, and he predicted that he was going to go crazy in the game, so it was awesome.
0: I will definitely check, check that out because I love those kinds of stories. I, I love hearing the backgrounds uh, of of these players because a lot of times, you know, we we almost look at them as robots in every sport, uh, and everybody has a story. I don't care if you're a professional athlete or whether you know you're the guy walking down the street here in Hamilton and things aren't going so well. Everybody has a story, and uh, right. and I love the stories. All right, um, are you coming into Cincinnati for the game or no? No, I'm not this week. I, I okay. gotta,
3: I gotta, I gotta talk to my loyal, faithful. We call it the Harry Nuts Gang. It's where you just kind of lay it down all on the line, and we kind of watch the game together, like 500, bang bang alleys. Hanging out, watching football. I'm back home at the Harry Ness game. We're going to okay. do it this Sunday and deliver a victory.
0: And, and and how did that start? So you, I mean, so when you say five or six hundred, you mean online, right? Yes. Okay. So how did that start?
3: We started off. So
0: the legend of Zimhude was born and cultivated
3: at a Steelers game, actually. So this kid there said, "Man, I want to go to a game." Um, But, you know, I'm going to be by myself, so, you know, can you come with me to a game? So I go to a game and we rage and I go live on Instagram and I noticed how many people were like watching it. And a lot of people said, can you turn the camera so we can see the game? They don't show the game. And so after that game, you know, I went home and the following week I did like my first live stream. Where I kind of give commentary as the game's sure. going on, and that's where your son probably that's found right. me because that's right. Because a lot of people just don't see the game, so I just started doing that. So here we are, like what three, four years later, uh, the name came, Harry Nets Gang, came because they were making a lot of decisions and they were shaved, and now we're we're now we're like just just you know scruff it up. S- stuff gets hairy sometimes, so. We developed the name, and we haven't looked back since. Another – I want to go back real quick to that Jimmy Chase one. One of our rituals, too, is we kind of meet up before the game. Always, We kind of say, like, a certain thing. He was mic'd up, so I didn't make the cut, though. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm a little too explicit, I think, for the Bengals' uh, taste buds or whatever. So just a little, another little nugget in there. Like, I, I did see him, but I don't think I made the cut on that one.
0: Well, you should have, and, and, that, and that's a mistake of whoever made that video, whether it's the Bengals or, or <laughs> uh, Paramount Pictures or whoever it might be. Uh, that's their mistake, and they're lost, quite honestly, without having Zim Huday on there. All right, uh, last week, and we've been talking about it all week this week, last week everybody knew the Saints were going to run the ball. That's their calling card, right? And, you know, the Bengals are a little thin along the defensive line right now, starting with D.J. Reader among others. Uh, And the Saints run for 228 yards. Now, all of a sudden, the Bengals are facing, albeit at home, they're facing the third-best rushing team in the National Football League. They're coached by a former offensive lineman. Uh, You don't see many of those guys around in this day and age. And that's where they hang their hat. Are you concerned about the Atlanta run game, Zim Houdet? Yay or nay? No. Uh, Because they're limited –
3: no, um, you limited me to yes or no, so I couldn't give you an in-between. If the <laughs> Bengals, you, so I had to say no. I just, you know, you got to let it just, you know, just let it fly. Uh, so for me, I just think that, yeah, they'll have successful runs. They'll be successful at points. But if they're not successful with a lead, it doesn't really matter to the Bengals because right now, currently the office is clicking. So you can run all you want, but you better put points on the board with us. So if the Bengals get out to a lead and you're running the football, much like a little bit of like what we saw the Saints game. You talked about that game. Yes, they ran for 160 yards in the first half of the football game. The Bengals defense then made their adjustments. Second half of the football game, the Saints only run for 56 yards. They're limited to two field goals and two big spots. The Bengals defense comes up really, really big on a on a drive prior to them getting the ball back. And then another drive after that. And that's the the mechanics and the workings of championship football in my mind. It's not limited to a box score. It's limited to the big stops at key points. And if the Bengals have a lead in this game, they don't want the the Falcons don't want Marcus Mariota to throw the football. The other victory that Marcus Mariota had or whatever had seven throws. Uh, Last week, it was 14 throws. So it tells me, if I can get you behind what you want to do, unlike that game that they had, I think, with the Buccaneers, they were down 21 points. They kept on running the football. Keep on running the football down 10, 12 points with Joe Burrow at the helm and Joe Mixon running the ball effectively downhill. You'll lose every time.
0: I got to tell you, though, I I think that because now had the Saints used more of Taysom Hill at quarterback, which now you're not only trying to defend Kamara, Ingram, running the ball right You're also having to commit somebody or some bodies to the possibility of Hill running the ball. I still can't understand why the Saints did not do more of that, but especially the second half. But Mariota does present that challenge, and you know he's going to play. I mean, they can come at you with a power run game, and we had uh, Big Low Country yesterday. I mean, he's the Zim Hu Day of Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if you know but Big Low country. He's big league. No, league, I don't dude. know. But a good no, dude. I know. Really good dude. Uh, but, you know, he was saying, you know, look, they're going to run at least 13, 14, 15 RPO stuff uh, right. as well. And we know Mariota, I mean, he hadn't had a great career as a number one pick. But he's had, you know, he's been okay at times. Uh, but he does still present that challenge. He does.
3: Um, the part that they're probably, that he's leaving out is they were about a game away from probably benching Mariota, and then he goes 13 for 14, uh, you know, like in the 49ers game or whatever. So they were, you know, like this this concept of Marcus Mariota and his running attack. You got to think a lot of those yards were accumulated too when Cordell Patterson was there, all the big runs. Yep. And he's on an injured reserve. So, yep. again, I understand that, and, uh, and I tell the opposition this a lot. Is that they're they always kind of focus on what they do really well, and then they forget the fact that the Bengals do a lot of stuff really well on their end too. I want to give you a really good stat: the the Falcons currently right now, their defense ranks total yards allowed thirtieth in the NFL, passing yards allowed thirty second, dead last as far as sacks accumulated accumulated thirty first, score percentage twenty eighth, pressure which Joe Burrow like if you don't have Micah Parsons or T.J. Watt. What are you to me? Pressure, 32nd. Third down conversion rate, 30th. With that said, Joe Burrow is among the leads, lead lead at third down percentage at 42%. This matchup is 100% in the Bengals' favor, whether the Falcons believe that they're going to run the football or not.
0: I'm curious why you think, and those are great stats, and and you can't argue with the numbers. They are what they are. Um, I'm curious why you think, and you said this uh, a couple of minutes ago, that the offense is clicking. Now, last week was the first time in their last 11 games, including the playoffs, going back to last year, where they reached 30 points in a game, okay? Sure. Um, they got there by, you know, a short 9, 10-yard out to chase, two missed tackles. He busted off 60 yards, touchdown. They win a game. Um Why do you think, or what makes you think, that the offense is clicking? I I don't, I I mean, I see little bits and pieces here and there. They've been much more efficient in the run game the last couple of weeks. They're not running it a lot, but they've been more efficient when they do run it. Uh, Burrow put up big numbers last week. Uh, Didn't turn it over. Put up big numbers. But, But why do you think they're clicking? From the beginning of that game,
3: Joe Burrow was on fire. Like me watching that unfold, even the first two drives that weren't successful, you remember you had the Jamar Chase one on the sideline that probably was a catch. Let me take, let me show you how, how on fire he was. If you took away the drops in that game, the Joe Mixon back of the end zone dart, the Jamar Chase deep pass, the T Higgins drop. If you took away just the drops in this game, Joe Burrow was thirty-one for thirty-six, like in his adjusted passing percentage, on fire. Yep. Second half of the football game, he only had one incompletion. On fire, there was literally nothing like the, their their first down rate uh, of anything of third down or less. Like had like a ninety something, like they were on fire. Like there was nothing that they did that they could be stopped. I mean that they that they were stopped on. the The run game is now running the ball efficiently. And the people that were very quick to say, fire Zach Taylor, have to be just as loud to commend him on changing in a complete overhaul on what they do best out of shotgun systems. They totally went away from the zone blocking scheme that needed cohesion, which they couldn't acquire in the whole all season because... Nobody ever played together. Yep. They go to a, a whole entire gap scheme and say, we're going to run RPOs at the beginning of this game, checked out of a lot of different runs and absolutely annihilated them. They did bits and pieces of that in the Ravens game. And in the second half of that football game, they caught on. And that's where you get the Joe Burrow touchdown at the end. It's just they caught on too late. By the time they go into the uh, to the Saints game, it was on. It was RPOs at the beginning of the game. You, you take that to get the information from the defense. And then from there, it, they hit the ground running. They ne- The only defense that the Saints had for the, the Bengals this past week was just running the football and keeping Joe Burrow off the field because yep. every single time that he was on the field, he was on fire. If the Bengals get a lead against the Falcons,
0: this game is going to be ugly. Well, I don't know if you heard Brandon, you know, Brandon Sayo. Oh, uh he, he, every week down at the uh, Hard Rock Casino, right? Zim was part of it when we were doing it virtually. That's exactly yeah. right. So, I mean, hey, Zim, you saw what happened. I know it's a video game, but it's been it's 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 been pretty what was this good.
1: Score? It was 25-14. Falcons won. Mariota had a great Falcons game. Falcons won? Yes. Falcons won. Mariota had a big game. So did Kyle Pitts. It was it was a slow start for the Bengals. They come back, but then they can't. They can't defend the RPO against the Falcons, and they end up winning
3: 25-14. I do worry about that a little bit. It, it's just in regards to time of possession. Uh, the, the Bengals' red zone defense, their third quarter defense. Have y'all seen the numbers? Yeah. Like they still haven't allowed a touchdown in the second half. They level. did for the
1: first time in that in that Madden simulation.
3: On the, the first simulation. Time that, yeah, yeah, yeah. W- w- yeah, it really. Well, way, it's going to end
0: sooner or later. You can't do that the whole year. It's remarkable sure. what they've done. Sure. On right. six Games this year without. Do you allowing know that they will be the touchdown.
3: first? Do you know that they will be the first team in like I think like ever or something that they go seven games right now yep. without allowing a second game? I mean a yep. second half touchdown. So like, I came up with this moniker called uh, I mean not a moniker but like this this statement that I used to say is say your offense is your defense. If the Falcons can stay on the field, to me that's the only defense that they could run on the Bengals currently right now. Like honestly, I, with Casey Hayward the cornerback two being out in this game, and then them already being Thirty-second in the NFL is get against the pass. It's the worst time to see the Bengals. Like I think, as Bengals fans, we get really concerned about like what they could do. I think if if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm severely concerned on what I know that the Bengals will do.
0: Well, there's no doubt, and we heard that from Big Low Country yesterday. They're they're very very worried. Uh, they have four defensive starters that were on the injury report this week. They were limited. Uh, that doesn't mean they're out. But they were limited, and it's a shaky defense, uh, as you just perfectly uh, analyzed, giving out all the stats. All right, Zim. Before we let you go, um, your prediction for this game is Bengals win. What you, you want to give me a score?
3: I'm kind of superstitious like that.
0: You're not on okay. All right, and I'm not going to break I, that. I, I, I get it. I get. But it. but I, I will
3: mean... I will say I like that Seahawks score just now. I just like it reversed. Put it in reverse, I think one, Terry. Put it in reverse, say <laughs> ho. Hey, look. Once they, Tom <laughs> once has they no idea out, what we're talking no about. No
0: idea what is that.
3: <laughs> no inside
1: jokes here. What
3: is it? It means it means fireworks are coming out there. Paycor. That's what it's it means.
1: a. There's some viral video of this guy in a. Is it? He's in like a. He's um, in a wheelchair. Yeah, motorized yeah. cart, and he lights a firework. But the firework goes off right next to him, and all of his friends be, "I'm put in reverse, Terry, back okay. it up."
0: All right, okay. We'll show you. We'll show you. But the somewhere. guy was okay. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So I don't he want he you guys out. sitting here and making fun of guys. No, 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 shit. no, 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 no. It was, no, it was, no. it's one of the
1: most viral videos. Okay. I'll have to check. Terry it
0: out. had a great time lighting those fireworks. And
3: I'm serious. I feel like Joe Burrow's going to have a Terry moment out there lighting fireworks. The thing about the Bengals though, this is another thing I want to tell you about their 30 points. Zach and them, like I've seen it in the Raiders game last year, the regular season one. They, I think they scored thirty-two in a game, but they do have a habit of if they get a lead, they'll put it in the cruise control and let Mixon just Mixon and Piron just walk it off. If they know that the other quarterback can't score. They won't – they're not trying to go 30 points. They're just trying to cruise into a victory once they get a good lead. I'm telling you.
0: That's right. I mean, uh, a, a win is a win, but, you know, it, it seems like – And look, Cincinnati's no different than than half the NFL cities right now where everybody seems to be sitting at three and three. Everybody feels like, you know, this is – it seems like we say every week, this is a huge game. It's a huge game. If this team is going to get on a roll and they win last week after the loss against the Ravens, if they're going to get on a roll, they have to win this game tomorrow. They've not had good luck against the Browns. I know the Browns are down. They're playing Baltimore this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but they go up there next Monday night, Halloween night. That's going to be a tough game. Then they got the That's Panthers. A must win. Yeah. What's
3: that? The Browns game is a must win. You, there's a world that I live in. They could, they could lose this game or the Panthers game, which would be horrible, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. You lose the Browns game and go 0 3 in a division. It might be, like, lights might be out. Like, the Browns game is the must. Well,
0: it would be lights out to win the division. That's for sure. I, I'm not so sure at the end of the day that uh, you got 17 games in a league. I I'll tell yeah. you, I tell um, you, I don't think Baltimore is very good. I think nope. the Bengals are are – they're average. They have a chance to be better than average. But right now, they're average. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're average. You could say they could be, they should be, whatever. But they're 3-3. and mm-hmm. three. So, I – I wouldn't be surprised if 9-8 and eight won this division. I really wouldn't. I would not I be think surprised that la- at all.
3: I think that last game of the season might be a 10-7 and seven versus 9-8 and eight type of game. Yep. And the winner goes in, the loser goes home. You're I right. really think that the season's setting up like that for a lot for both parties. If I'm See, there.
0: that's why I think you're spot on when it comes to the Cleveland game next week, if you win this week. But you got to pile up wins where you can get them. I know that's a big duh. But if you're playing Atlanta at home, Cleveland's yeah. going to be a tough game, even though they're not that great, but they're not bad either. Uh, Carolina, these are games you've got to stockpile wins uh, sure. to get them to to, to start building up. And, well, and, Joe and, said that.
3: Joe said that they have to win or the next three games tell them, um, you know, a lot about the upcoming season. Yeah. But I have a saying. I created this last year. This is on ZimHude.com. It's a whole lot of orange right now. It's a whole lot of orange. You see this face right here? This is the rock star. This is the number nine. This is the world on our back, on our shoulders. Here we come. Here we roar. Whole lot of orange coming out there on Sunday, Tom. Get ready for it. Uh,
0: Believe me, I'm ready. I can't wait to watch a game. And and I'm going to make sure that that when Luke and I are watching the game together on Sunday, that we're going to dial you in. And that's on Instagram that that you do the feed live. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Check me out on there.
1: Okay. Well, what's the drink of choice during the game? I ask the hard-hitting questions here.
0: It,
3: every day is a Margie party. Oh, every that's day. right. He's every day is a tequila. Are we
1: doing? You do Casamigos or what's the what's the tequila?
3: Casamigos, Patrón. We can get we can get busy. Even if you got some Don Julio, I'm known to get busy with that too. A little salt on the rim and it's a Margie party. It. I might wow. do that. What time is it? What is it? Eleven o'clock. Shoot. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs>
0: Hey. Tom, you had to kill a tequila guy. That should be the name of a of a of a song. It's five o'clock <laughs> let's, somewhere.
3: Let's do it. Let's do a show called "It's Five O'clock Somewhere." <laughs> Drink, no, no drinks are off limits for me. After we wrap up here, see, I gotta, I gotta keep in my, you know, I gotta keep in my professional when I get on with Tom. Yeah, when yeah. I get off. It might be a margie party. I don't game know on. if you saw me in. New, Did you see me in New Orleans? I did. You were I on your game down man. there. You were on your I game down on. there. I tore it up. You should have saw me on the dance floor. It was, I mean, it was crazy. I burned him up.
0: I have no doubt I left, doubt the, I left about the dance that. floor.
3: <laughs> you know, people say, people say shake a tail feather. I left the dance floor It was feathers all over the damn city.
0: <laughs> That's where you and I have a lot in common, Zim, because I'm one of the great dancers of all time. I caught your act. It's good, but, but it ain't there with me. <laughs> on a little, You put on a little Jackson Five. Yeah, I'm dialed in. Hey,
1: the Jacksons are coming to the Hard
0: Rock in, yeah, in a couple had, weeks. Yeah, talking about the Jackson Five. I know. It'd I know. It'd be a miracle it's... if they came back. Woo! Right, Tito. Hey. Yeah, I Michael, love Tito. Not, love all Michael's those guys. Jermaine. I saw hey. him in concert. I'm one of the. I'm the only cat around here who saw him as a as a ten year old kid living in Virginia Beach, really? Virginia. Yep, That's like crazy. the fifth row, right there. There they were.
3: All right, I always, wanted to see, I always wanted to see Prince. I, I'll never get that, but I always wanted to see Prince.
0: Yeah, he would have been wanted. good to see, too. I agree. Uh, Zim, have a great weekend. We'll be checking you out on Sunday on Instagram. Sunday, baby. Let's get these dubs. You, demand man, you, demand man. Zim huday joining us from uh, the woodsy area. We didn't get into his koi and everything, but look, when you're an outside man. And every time we check in with Zim, it looks like the sun is shining and the woods back behind his estate uh, outside of D.C. I keep saying Baltimore. It's actually D.C. That, uh, you know, he's got a lot going on inside, outside, Bengals, anniversary, trips to New Orleans. Um, And look, if you're a Skybox owner, okay, I'm going to throw it out there because I love Zim. I love the guy. I really do. Uh, had a chance to meet him for the first time in person uh, at the Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago against Miami. I, I, I really like the guy. He, he's a good man. Um, I, I don't know if I let my kids watch the Instagram thing because it can get a little little hairy, as they like to say. Well, your kids are old, but enough. he's a good. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about a few younger kids. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, look, that's okay. Um, but if you're a skybox owner, find a way to get Zim. Two tickets in your Skybox for the Ravens game. Please. You'll have a great time with him being there. He, is, he is the life of the party. And if you want to donate an entire Skybox to Channel Box Sports, <laughs> we can make that happen. Too. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Dan Horde, voice of the Bearcats, voice of the Bengals, to talk about both games that he'll be broadcasting coming up starting tomorrow back in a flash all right before we get to dan horde who's standing by I, I i gotta tell you i am really disappointed in in some of our regulars uh on the chat room here but sir boy wonder whoever you are i love that you're on this show every day and you participate watch listen get on the chat but you just said something to me that i i mean i am just appalled he said tom is a white claw guy oh i have never had a white claw in my life not one time i am a beer guy all you highfalutin guys you can run around with the wine crowd <laughs> and you can run around with the even the ipa crowd you can run around with all those guys and uh tequila crowd and sipping on tequila and all this look simple man i am a simple man a beer drinker and and Sir Boy Wonder we might ban you from this program. I, I think coach Taylor is using me
1: of drinking white claw. I think coach Taylor is a high noon guy. That's what uh the people over at um oh, MLTs I'm not
0: even going down that road. I'm not going down that road. Let's track.
1: ask Dan Horde what he what his drinker Here he is. He's got to be a bourbon guy, I feel like. Well
0: Dan, Dan Dan's kind of highfalutin, you know. There was a time when Danny was coming up through the ranks and he was breaking in over at Channel 19 down there back in the old days and you know, I mean, very different guy than the guy. I mean, look, look look, at the background right there. I mean, that's a bourbon-sipping, wine-drinking, at least atmosphere. Danny, when you decide to have a cocktail every now and again, and I, and I know it's not regularly, but when you do have
4: one, what is your choice and or choices, plural? Well, I just find it very amusing that framed sports jerseys has made me a bourbon guy somehow. I wish I was a bourbon guy. Quite honestly, I'm envious of bourbon guy because the bourbons out there seem really interesting to me. A lot of my friends are into it. I've just never had a taste for the hard mm-hmm. liquor. So I'm a beer guy, but you kind of dismiss- dismissively referred to the IPA guys. I do like <laughs> IPAs. Okay, I'm kind of a fan of the bitter profile of the IPAs, so that's kind of my drink of choice these days. And I do like wine with dinner, okay. but mostly IPAs when it just comes to you know drinking with the fellas.
0: Okay, all right,
4: well, they, they, my kind of guy, uh,
0: beer guy, it's good enough for me. Not this White Claw or what's the high noon? High noon. <laughs> I mean, good. My daughter drinks high noon, um, and she's in college. Um, She's, People drink yeah, beer in fact, college. As she's not college. old enough to drink yet. So. All right, uh, Dan, uh, look, um, you're going to be double dipping this weekend. You're back at it after the UC Bearcats had a bye week last week. Um, and now all of a sudden, and I was talking before you came on, uh, I read a couple of weeks ago, uh, SMU had lost two in a row, I think, at the time. And, and I did not realize... That some of the rules, though maybe not specifically are the same, but in general, I did not realize, I knew a player or a program could make a decision about taking a red shirt and it's based on how how much you play or don't play. And you're not allowed to play over a certain number of whatever the barometer is, games, snaps, minutes, whatever it might be, uh, to to get a, a red shirt, not a medical red shirt, just a red shirt. I did not realize the same thing held true as far as the transfer portal is concerned. And I saw where SMU, correct me if I'm wrong, they had like four or five guys in one week that all of a sudden decided that they were, they were shutting it down, they weren't playing the rest of this year, and they're going into the portal. Has that affected their team?
4: well it did not turn out to be the case tom so that was widely reported that four of their best players were going to stop playing after four games in order to preserve an extra year of eligibility and then transfer to another school and he's gone he's no longer on the roster the other three guys that were rumored to be leaving ultimately elected to stay one of them scored a touchdown in their most recent game against Navy. So it turned out to be kind of much ado about very little. Not nothing, but very little.
0: Okay, well, that, that that's where I left it. I just read it and I moved on and knowing the UC game was weeks away. So here we are, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite. What are your thoughts or what are some of the things we ought to be looking for as a UC fan when you're watching the game on Sunday or Saturday?
4: Yeah, SMU is one of the best passing teams in the country. Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback, is third in the country in passing yards per game. He's an Oklahoma transfer. This is his second year with SMU. UC shut him down. Last year, he had 66 passing yards at Nippert Stadium. He was completely befuddled by the great Bearcat defense last year, but he's putting up even bigger numbers this year. That is going to be the big challenge for UC tomorrow.
0: Uh, Offensively, you see Bearcats on offense, SMU defense. What do you look for there?
4: Well, SMU is giving up a ton of yards and yeah. points. So they're three and three for that reason. They score a lot, but they give up a lot. And I would expect Cincinnati to have a lot of success offensively, pretty much no matter what they do. I think Cincinnati should be able to run and pass on SMU. SMU has really been vulnerable against the pass. So I would expect Cincinnati to put up a big, uh, a decent number of points. I think the question will be can Cincinnati outscore SMU on its home field?
0: Are, are you surprised, and, and I don't know how much, Dan, you get wrapped up. I, I know you're not getting wrapped up in it when you're announcing the game, but just as a casual uh, fan going into a game and looking at it, are you surprised that's only a three-and-a-half-point spread?
4: Not really. I think SMU has underperformed a little bit. I think going into the season, most people thought SMU was going to be pretty good. Uh, they've got Tanner Mordecai. They've got excellent skill position talent. Rasheed Rice might be the best wide receiver in the conference. I think he's third in the nation in receiving yards per game. So they've got players. They've got a lot of transfers. It takes time for those guys to gel. Uh, Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So it was a a bit of an unknown where SMU is concerned. But I think the oddsmakers look at the roster and think, that's a pretty talented team. They're playing at home. Cincinnati struggled in its most recent win against... Uh, USF at Nippert mm-hmm. Stadium. We don't know if Tyler Scott will be able to play Cincinnati's uh, most explosive receiver. So I think all of those things added up lead the odds, odds makers to think this might be a really tight game.
0: Okay. Let's shift gears now to the Sunday game here at home. And, and, and look, um, we were talking about it with Zim Hude a few minutes ago. Uh, half the league is three and three, it seems like. And, <laughs> and, and so I'm sure in all of those cities, much like our city, uh, y- you feel like. Um, every game is a must-win game. I, I think it's safe to say when 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 the schedule came out, you saw the Falcons were coming to Cincinnati and, and 99% of Bengals fans checked the box, say, okay, that's a win. Um, Falcons are playing pretty good football right now. I mean, they, they might have some numbers that, you know, especially on defense, that aren't all that great, but but they're playing good football, and the argument could be made, like it probably could be for a lot of three and three teams, that they could be five and one or four and two. This is not a pushover game, right?
4: Correct. I think Arthur Smith is one of the better kind of underrated coaches in the NFL. They won seven games last year. And looking back, I don't know how they did it. If you look at all of the other stats, I think Football Outsiders kind of projected their overall stats to be a four-win team last year based on how many points they scored, how many they gave up, yards they gained, yards they gave up. Somehow they scratched out seven wins. And now here they are this year with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. They're tied for first in the NFC South with Tampa Bay. So I think Arthur Smith is really sharp. They're going to run the ball all day. Last week, they ran it more than 40 times and passed 14. That's what they would like to do. Chew up the clock. Keep Joe Burrow off the field. Stay in it until the fourth quarter and try to make a game-winning play. They've won 10 games since Arthur Smith has been the head coach. Nine of the ten have been by one score, so that's the formula. Keep it close, run the ball, try to pull it out at the end.
0: Great stuff as always from uh, from Dan Hord uh, nailing that down about Smith. Um, the defensive line. We know that Reader got hurt a couple weeks ago; is going to be out for a while. I mean, there, there there are positive reports, but but he's not ready yet. Uh, if you're a Bengals fan tomorrow, are th- is there going to be a guy or two where maybe you don't know much about, but they could be a very important factor, good or bad, in being able to stop Atlanta's running game tomorrow?
4: Yes. I think that guy is J2 Tufele, number 97. They claimed him off waivers from Jacksonville after training camp. He made his Bengals debut last week. He played 23 snaps against the Saints, and he had six tackles, including a tackle for loss in the red zone. So I thought he played reasonably well against the run, and that is his game. He's a big, kind of like Domata looking guy. He has a Samoan background, like mm-hmm. Domata did, has the big hair kind of a wide-bodied guy with a, a lower center of gravity that kind of profiles to be good against the run. And I think he's going to play an important role, not only with D.J. Reader out, but Josh Tupo out. Probably the Bengals' second-best mm-hmm. run-stopping defensive tackle. I would guess that Logan Wilson is probably going to be out with his shoulder injury. So you're kind of missing the interior part of your defense, the spine right up the middle. And I think Jay Tufele is going to play an important role on Sunday.
0: So do you think uh, if Wilson can't go, uh, and there were positive reports on him the last couple of days at practice, but when he originally got hurt, everybody was thinking maybe a trip to IR, tough dude, no doubt about it. Who takes his spot playing regularly in this game?
4: Mostly Akeem Davis-Gaither. I would think he would get the bulk of the snaps. Jermaine Pratt kind of takes over the Logan Wilson role. Akeem Davis-Gaither enters as the second linebacker, but you've got Marcus Bailey as well. Uh, I don't expect that to be a, a major problem. Logan Wilson is clearly the best linebacker they have. But he was out for much of training camp. Akeem Davis-Gaither was getting those reps on a regular basis and had a really good camp. So I expect him to play well. He's no Logan Wilson, don't get me wrong. But I think Akeem Davis-Gaither will be okay.
0: Hey, I want to ask you your reaction to this deal made by the 49ers last night. Um, You know, I I don't think that's been confirmed yet. At least it wasn't on uh, when we started the show an an hour ago, a little over an hour ago. But it it seems like it's true, giving up three – Big draft picks over the next couple of years, um, which they did the same thing. You may remember a a few years ago to get Jimmy Garoppolo when they they got him from New England. Um, But Christian McCaffrey, I think we all agree when he's healthy that he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. Problem is he hadn't been all that healthy. And when he has been healthy, he's playing on a terrible team. What was your reaction to that trade?
4: Well, if he's healthy, I think it makes San Francisco unbelievably potent on offense. Uh, combining him and Debo Samuel on the same offense, two of the most versatile run-catch combination type players in the NFL with a great play caller and Kyle Shanahan, I think that really makes the 49ers potent. But it, it's the big if. Can he stay on the field? Barely played the last two years. He's been nicked and bruised so far this year. We know he's great when he plays. The question will be, can he stay healthy? My guess is no. I think after a period of time, once those injuries keep accumulating over and over again, they generally don't go away. Now, maybe San Francisco can manage it and have him be healthy when it matters most at the end of the year. That's probably the goal. But considering that I think they gave up a second, a third, and a fourth, to get him it's a pretty high price to pay for a guy who has not been able to stay on the field now for more than two years
0: all right uh uh, prediction
4: sunday's game
0: then goes v falcons what do you think
4: i think the bengals will take care of business they're favored by six and a half right right uh i think i think they win and they cover i think the bengals are ascending Last week, the offense scored 30 or more for the first time in 11 games going back Mm -hmm. to last year, including the playoffs. I think they found something in the running game. They're not doing as much wide zone, sideline to sideline. They're they're running straight ahead uh, much better, and Joe Mixon has averaged 5.6 yards each of the last two games. So I expect them to put up a reasonably high number, probably 30 or close to it against the Falcons, and I think they win and they cover.
0: Well, don't tell Brandon Sayo that. I mean, he's down there on the, on the Madden thing. I don't know if you saw it. You know, he's doing these simulations every single week. Thousands of people down there at, uh, <laughs> at, at the Hard Rock Casino to, to dial in. And Brandon, you want to tell Mr. Horde how many points your simulation had the Bengals putting up? 14 and they lost
1: 25-14. to 14. Now, look, I'm not agreeing with the simulation. I think the Bengals take it's care of it. It's your baby,
0: Brandon. It's your baby. I call okay? the games. need the baby. I do, a ter- the I, do baby. A,
1: I do a terrible job on play-by-play, but it was the Bengals struggling with Mariota and the RPO, and the Bengals, it was a tight game until the third quarter, and they lost, Yeah, like I said, 25-14. But those have been pretty spot-on. They've been wrong twice, Dan, where... The one time they were wrong was the opening game. They had the Bengals winning on the leg of Evan McPherson at the buzzer, which should have happened. They got the Dallas game right with a walk-off against the Cowboys. The Ravens game, they had the score right all the way till the fourth quarter. They had the Bengals winning by a score in Baltimore, but their two faults, the Bengals definitely had a chance to win. So I'm interested to see what happens. Okay. All right. So, Dan, you're able to get up.
4: I hope Madden Madden is wrong. Me too. Yeah, that's right. (laughs)
0: So I you're, don't put uh, a whole
4: lot of stock in it, but we'll see.
0: So you are—I mean, that's an eleven o'clock kick tomorrow, right down in uh, Big D. Dallas time, yeah. Dallas time, uh, Central time, and then so you should have no problems whatsoever. Our daughter goes to college in that part of the country, and so I think you got like a like a six p or something like that flying back eight p tomorrow night. Team charter. Oh,
4: yeah. See, so IPA got guy. You know, I've <laughs> C I the, the there you go Dan, Dan
0: had me won over and now once again has separated himself from the pack charter
4: yeah, Big team Lincoln. charter I've got no issues this week I'll be traveling with the Bearcats to Dallas and traveling home with the team should be home somewhere between 8 and 9 uh, Saturday night and it's good because my sister Kim is traveling to town with her husband Larry Larry is a huge NFL fan they try to get to a Bengals home game every year so Kim will be in town when I arrive. And it's always great to see one of my four siblings. Did
0: you, did you get them tickets for the game on Sunday?
4: I did. Uh, wow. And I did not have to pay for them. The Bengals were very kind in giving me a couple of tickets for my sister and her husband and they're good tickets. Uh, so the, they will definitely enjoy the game. Well,
0: uh, I, no question about it, they will. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Temperatures in the 70s over the weekend. So, Dan, safe travels. Godspeed ahead. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it.
4: I always enjoy it, Tom. Thanks for having me on. All right. Our buddy Dan Horde. I
0: mean, you know. Legend. Listen, he gives that that song and dance, and I almost called him out on it about the, the jerseys in the background, right? And does that make a guy highfalutin or whatever it is? It, 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 it's the whole look back there. Well, he just has this elegant he really feel does. about him. He's an elegant guy. That's a good word.
1: I, a big vocal. Did I ever tell you the story about, I told Dan this probably our last couple days working together when I was still in the Bengals locker room. When he was cu- when he was doing the UC games, uh, I went up to him like a, a Dave and Buster's fan event when I was like. UC basketball games. Yes, when I was like 10 and I said. He took my place. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's an so upgrade. When I love Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> But I told him I said one day I'm going to take your job doing doing Bearcat games And I was like ten. It's funny that however many years later, 20 years later, I was you know working alongside him.
0: Yeah, Dan Dan,
1: is, he's is great. Good. He's a legend. He really. And I I keep saying over you were pretty and over good at those. You had that crazy. You've had a lot of crazy games that you've called the UC. It was was it the crosstown shootout, the half court shot.
0: Uh, well, the half-court shot was the very first game they ever, when they opened them, known as the Shoemaker Center.
1: No, that was the, I thought that was the corner shot at the buzzer.
0: No, that was a half-court shot by a football player. Steve Sanders, I think, was his name to beat Minnesota, if I remember right. Okay. And that was the first game ever. He was like the sixth man. Yeah. Because Hugs had taken over, and they only had five scholarship players. Team was on probation, so they had Lewis Banks and LaBertis Robinson mm-hmm. and that whole crew. Uh, but a football player, I, I believe that is his name, Steve Sanders, I think he hit the shot heard around the world, I think. It's a long time ago, man. I mean, you're talking about the 19, early 1990s. Um, okay. Well, it's that time again. We're going to take a break. Time to hitch up your bootstraps, boys. Picks, baby. It's time for picks. Uh, And again, for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, here's the way this works. Thousand bucks to the charity of choice who has the best record at the end of the year. Okay, we're putting that money up and um, things have gotten mighty tight. Uh, U.S. veteran retired uh, has been checking in on the program uh, and he asked me about having um pete rose on the show and, and, and we are definitely going to do that pete has joined me on a podcast that i do uh called dialed in uh and he has been so gracious with his time through the years he joined us on a pioneer league show i was doing this summer uh, and we will get him um for the big interview one of these days i think we probably ought to try to do that in the next couple of weeks while the playoffs in the world series is going on because man i mean he knows everything everything about every player every manager the tendencies of guys he he watches every pitch and he's still so sharp um, in breaking down
1: did you see that video from probably five six years ago maybe longer now where it's him a rod and i forget who the third guy was on the fox pregame show going over what you do to get in and out of a slump have you ever seen that video
0: no, but I'm sure it's, it's incredible. It,
1: it, very insightful, very cool to see what it's like with one of the best hitters in the game, go over how he just would move up in the box, back in the box, yeah.
0: uh, you know, ch- choke up, choke down on the bat. It was. It's a really cool video. That is a long-forgotten art in the sport of baseball mm-hmm. now because it's all about exit velocity and launch angle and all this kind of stuff. You just don't see it. And it used to happen not only with Pete Rose, but a lot of guys where in the course of a single game, you would see them depending on the pitcher and their repertoire of their stuff, they move up in the batter's box to try and take away a big breaking ball before it really got into mm-hmm. the big break against guys like Steve Carlton and guys like that. You'd see him come back in a box. You'd see him move up closer to the plate in a given at bat. And maybe the next at bat, they're moving away a little further away from the plate. You just don't see it anymore. Um, just like you don't see hitting and running and you don't see stolen bases and you you, you don't see any of it. Um, okay, picks are coming up right after this. All right, I, w- I want to know who – okay, we got to get this straight. We do the picks. We got to have the the mighty Buckeyes in a prime position here. Okay. In a prime position. Well, it's going to be hard to keep that ball there. I, I mean – It's like trying to slow down their offense. There we go. Oh. You got it.
2: And it's going to get covered up.
0: That's okay. <clears throat> um, okay. So here we go. Uh, can we put up first where oh, we are shit. in the standings? Can we uh, do that first? I know I'm throwing a loop for you guys over there, but is that possible?
2: Just give us a second. Right there. One? And then scroll down and see if it's already in there. Yeah. That's what our record is right now.
0: So if you'll recall, as we put these up, a couple of weeks ago, I was about 9, 10, 11 games back. And now it's down to three. Casey, very impressive. At 41-29, and 29, I'm one game behind the duo of Paul slash Brandon. Paul's out playing golf right now. With living the and life. John and Reed yep. and all those guys. The crew's right? living the life. Yeah, they are. Uh, and then I'm now six games over. So, are we ready, men? We're starting on the college front, correct? Yes, sir all right let's go yes sir very first game out of the gate it is the ohio state university buckeyes a 30 point favorite in columbus that's at high noon tomorrow on fox and i will take ohio state to cover the 30 against a very good iowa defense iowa can't score but they can play defense but i still think the bucks are almost impossible to slow down gentlemen
2: yeah, I've got Ohio State as well. Um,
0: a clean sweep.
2: Yeah, it's a clean sweep for most of us. I think we none of us believe in Iowa at all.
1: No, Iowa plays pretty good defense. But like you said, Ohio State's offense yeah. is the best in the country. And they get, they, get their, yeah, they get everyone back. And Iowa can't score.
0: So, All right, next up. So no differences there. You see three and a half the on cats. the road at SMU. Um, I'm taking the Bearcats. Well, this is where it get, begins. Boo! The, oh,
1: Boo! I, I, ah. uh, Even wore SMU colors for this. Get them out of here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I got to follow my guys on not too picky. They, they kind of like the SMU pick here. Kind of fits within the system, their their, their formula. And I tend to look at their system, and it's been right quite a few times. Um, a lot of times, in fact. And this is just one of those games where it just points to SMU. All right, we've heard enough.
1: Just We,
0: we know just, what you're uh, doing, Brandon. Uh, yeah. let go, Your Cats. Alma mater. Okay. So, uh, Casey stepping out of the box here a little bit. Yep. Are, are, you, are you predicting UC will win, but they just don't cover or to lose? Uh, That's a good
2: question. I think that they will win. They're just not going to cover. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, Next up, uh, is there a hotter quarterback this side of Hooker at Tennessee and Stroud uh, in Columbus and Duggan at TCU? Is there a hotter quarterback right now than Mr. Rourke at Ohio University? I mean, they're throwing up huge numbers northern illinois two and five it's at peton stadium in athens bobcats cover wait a minute that 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 should be OU minus three are you sure yeah ohio university's favored in this game for sure i'll I'll check i'll double check yeah double check that i i know they're favored this game northern illinois two and five and they're giving up a thousand points a game
2: uh, no, NIU is uh, favored by three.
0: They're favored by three? Yeah. Uh, well, the wise guys know something that we don't know, but I'm still sticking. Did we go out? No, keep going. Okay. Oh, there's SpongeBob. Just keep uh, going. I'm taking the uh, – the bo- <laughs> What's the deal with the SpongeBob thing popping up, by the way?
2: Why
1: Why is he – That's his background on his computer. That's my background.
0: Le- okay. And it's Leif Erickson. <laughs> All right, I take the Bobcats. You guys go with the Bobcats. They're, they're, yep. they're going to roll this team. I mean, I boy, I tell you. I mean, maybe you got to go look up Northern Illinois and who they have played. I, I don't know. But they're 2-5. and five. Bobcats have won three of their last four. Say it with me, Tom. O-U. See, nobody that goes there says that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nobody. I'm just a tourist
1: then. It's the Ohio University.
0: All right, next up. O-U, oh yeah, they don't say that? Uh, you know, there might be some. I don't hang around with any of them. But but of course, we're all a bunch of old guys get off my lawn. Yeah, you're old. Okay. Uh, This, we talk about it all the the time. The Pac-12 High School I I did not want to put this game on our picks this week, but I I said to myself, okay. GCL South
1: or Pac-12, what are you picking?
4: Yeah.
0: What what, what do you want to
1: watch? GCL South football or Pac-12 football?
0: Well, I will say this. I stayed up late last week, and I thought it would be a good game. Um, that Utah-USC game was a fantastic game last week. Yeah. Fantastic. And the crowd at Oregon is going to be off the charts. Uh, Chip Kelly's an excellent coach. And this is the first year now he's finally gotten this thing rolling at UCLA. I've not seen him play. Um, but I I don't think there's any way they cover this six and a half point spread. I take the Ducks at home. Well, I, uh... (laughs) I actually
2: have UCLA winning this one. Really? Uh, I do. An outright um, win? An outright win. Um, I just you. Just look at the schedule for UCLA and look at the schedule for Oregon, the Oregon high school team, um, that which is what I will always call them now after yeah. that Georgia game at the beginning of the season. Um, they beat Washington. Uh, they were 15. And then they beat Utah, which you already know how much I like Utah. Now who's done this? UCLA okay okay all right and you know how much I loved Utah yeah and Utah won against USC I think that this is actually pointing towards a UCLA win um I know they're not favored but Oregon really hasn't played anyone except BYU yeah they're just okay and they're just okay so in my opinion I think UCLA has an actual chance of winning this one
1: but wait wait do I have a pen here I do you have a pen. What what's uh Well usually it's a pencil, not so fast, my friend. Uh yeah, Oregon, not 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 the real deal, obviously, as we've seen throughout the year, even though they're five and one, got shellacked by Georgia. Uh, but I just don't I've just seen UCLA's playing really well. The quarterback's still there. I don't know how he still has eligibility left. But uh UC's done the clean sweep on them. I I still haven't bought into Chip Kelly yet at UCLA because they haven't
0: proved it. So I don't think they, uh, I don't think they win. I don't think they cover, I don't think they win Oregon. It's an interesting game with Chip Kelly going back up there to face the team where he really um, you know, ignited that program to higher heights. They so got to a uh, national championship where they uh, got vote raced by the Bucks. He's since gone on to the pros and, 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 and Kelly did quite well in the pros, especially in Philadelphia. Um, okay, next up, still more college football. This is an interesting game. I don't know much about Syracuse. I know they're undefeated. And I know a lot of people are very high on their coach. But I also know that Clemson is starting to look like Clemson. They they are really playing well. I'm not sold on the quarterback yet. But he is starting to make strides. Therefore, I say the Tigers at home cover against Syracuse. Gentlemen...
2: Um, well, just after, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I think they, uh, I think they will manage to, to kid, um, keep it a tight game. But, uh, I just wanted to also point out that the spread actually turned to 14 points as, as we were, uh, doing the show. So are we going to take it at 14 or 13? No,
0: we're locked in at 13 and a half. Okay. I'm still, it's like we got to the betting window before it changed.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, even at 13 and a half, I'm still going to take them. 14 is even better for the, the audience, by the way. Um, but there's one game that they both teams have played, NC State, that I look at and I go, okay, that's. Uh, they both won those games, both by relatively same numbers. Um, I see that Syracuse has played Purdue, and it was a close game, and I like Purdue. Um, I think they're a decent team. I I just think that this is going to be a closer game than what people think. Um, Syracuse defense is really good. Um, yeah, that's that's all I really got for this one. I know Clemson has looked really good on offense as of late, but Syracuse defense is probably going to be their true first real test.
0: Okay. The orange. Oh, my
2: gosh. Yeah,
1: this is a gamble.
0: It's where I start making up ground,
1: boys. This is
2: the gamble. So with where days. I start. I don't have that, any, that. I don't have any good
1: reason. One of my uh, good friends, Syracuse grad Dan Hord, a Syracuse grad.
0: I just have a feeling the Orange are gonna at least
1: cover. They're not gonna win the game, no chance. But I think they'll yeah. cover. Okay, I agree with that.
0: All right, so you two guys go with the Orange, and I'm going with the Orange of Clemson. Then there are my, my other guys, right? You got a lot of guys. No, I got three, and that's it. Ohio State, Ohio, TCU. That's it all i got okay so uh, uh the, the the horned frogs and i'll be adding another school to that next year wherever our son good lord willing is able to get in somewhere uh but uh i'll be adding somewhere else unless not he because he up- doesn't
1: have the smarts it's, you're talking off camera about the application processes yeah i mean
0: ass. it's just it's insane what they ask parents to do now and kids to do now it's just it's it's just stupid i
1: didn't get into syracuse by the way
0: it's a tough place to get in.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't have the grades.
0: It's a nice—they run a big-time operation down there. I'm going with the Horned Frogs. Kansas State's good. They're ranked 17th. Only one loss on the year. But TCU's got it going on. One thing, after reading more about TCU, and, and, and in particular their first-year head coach, Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes, whether it was at Cal or SMU, his teams traditionally have started very fast in the year. A lot of 6-0, and 5-1 kind of things. Over the second half of multiple seasons, they faded off. Now, he claims at TCU, unlike at Cal and SMU, is that his talent pool is deeper, and therefore he feels like they're better equipped to not let that happen. TCU wins a game and covers at home.
2: Well, um, many of the same reasons that you said, TCU. um, They've been really impressing me this year. Um, That and I just don't trust Kansas State. So this is an easy one The Horned
1: Frogs are
0: going to jump all over them. I hope you're right. (laughs) Because next week, the Horned Frogs, if they win this one, next week they go to Austin, Texas to take on Quinn Ewers and the Longhorns. Down with the Longhorns. Go frogs! That's such a the the frog one. Big league, big big league, league right here, right there. And
1: then like Wichita State, they do. Shoot, I can't. I'm bad at this lot. They do this. This is like that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: the Shockers, whatever whatever that is. All right, um, is that it for the college front? That is. All right, we're on to the pro game. Big league game. This is a good game, and and I am I am a big Vrabel guy. Uh, I like his style of play. I like his teams. They're tough. They're at home. Two and a half point favorite. First place on the line in that uh, AFC South. I say the Titans cover.
2: Well, I have the Titans as well. Um, Just one thing I noticed about the Colts um, that got me wondering what... where I was going to go with this game. I mean, they they lost straight up to Tennessee 24-17, not even like two or three weeks ago. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But they did, and they couldn't do anything. And they had one of the best running backs in the NFL, and they still don't have – this game, they're not going to have their best running back in the NFL. Um, So, I mean, this is an easier decision than it was back when they first played to me so okay. this is a Tennessee win all
1: the way the Indianapolis Colts and Bearcat great Alec Pierce coming off that game winning touchdown go down to Nash Vegas and come out with a dub okay all right you ever been to Nashville many many times bro what's the favorite spot on Broadway
4: well
0: you know what I you know I I gotta tell you um uh and i I've a couple of really close friends, one in particular, who's lived down there for a number of years and seen the explosion in the whole nine yards. I, I, I got to tell you, uh, I think there's a lot made of Nashville that I just don't see. I think there's a great three or four block stretch there right in downtown or, you know, off of downtown technically. But, you know, right there where they get the country music joints and a live of music. And I love all that. And, and, and it, it's expanding. They, they've come up with some really nice restaurants. They have the Country Music Hall of Fame, which, you know, all that uh, Grand Ole Opry and everything. There's a lot to like. You're hating on Nashville. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, I think that uh, I, I think that people make a bigger deal out of Nashville. Than-
1: I'll tell you what, the drinks are too expensive. I mean, you try to get a bottle of Coors Light at one of those
0: country bars, it's like eight bucks. Yeah, I mean, they got you around the neck. They got you around the neck. Okay, uh, next up. The Brownies. I told myself after last week, I'll never pick them again and I'm not going to start. I'm going with the Ravens to cover six and a half. This week and next week, we said it earlier, this is the season and I don't care if Deshaun Watson's coming back or not. This is the year for the Cleveland Browns. If they lose to the Ravens tomorrow on Sunday, they lose to the Bengals Monday night next week. Stick a fork in them. D-U-N done.
1: The Browns are D-U-N done already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Season's over.
2: I think that's correct. I think their season's done. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, we talk about the Browns all the time and how we get so confused as to why they just don't run the ball more. Yeah. And uh, I think they're going to make that same mistake against Baltimore, honestly. They're going to try to throw it all over them because they were the worst pass defense team a couple weeks ago and make that same mistake again so
0: yeah i think the brownies can win this game i just don't think they will i think they no. I, i'm not as high on baltimore as everybody else is and i'm not as high on lamar jackson as everybody else is um okay what's next men of aluminum coming off a huge win against tampa bay huge Huge win. Huge. Um, it, it, there, there was a teaser sent out by uh, 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 Watt that he might come back and play. Um, he's not coming back this week, uh, unless something changes between now and, and Sunday. But he's close. He's getting closer. Um, they go down to Miami. Two is back at quarterback for the Dolphins. Don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be out of concussion protocol. They think he will. I still take Miami to cover. Seven's a big number in that game, though. Big yeah. number.
2: Yeah, the seven is scary, but I'm still taking Miami on this one.
0: And I'm the village idiot.
1: have taking the, your lesson? No, taking the Steelers to cover. They're not going to win, I don't think. But, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with, you know, the chemistry after Tua's concussion. Hopefully he's healthy and, and ready to go. But I think the Steelers are going to cover
0: couple of comments made by um, the thousands watching and in our chat room. Um, the player formerly known as Mouse Cop says, Tom, I feel that's a pretty bold statement saying the season's done with the division is two teams of three and three and two teams of two and four. Look, here's what I'm saying. They lose, they being the Browns, they lose Sunday, they lose against the Bengals, and I said, if, if. I said, if they lose both, then all of a sudden they're two and six. They're done. Two and six, they're done. Yeah. I, I just
1: think the Browns are the Browns. And I, and I hope – and I talked to Joe Thomas about um, about this when I had him on the podcast for the mental game when we recorded that a couple of weeks ago out in Wisconsin. He really, really likes this team, and a lot of people do. And he said he felt a connection with Cincinnati watching – them turn it around and go to the Super Bowl because two loyal fan bases, two teams that have not always been at the top of the division, and he feels like this is really going to be a team that can fight for the division and fight to make a playoff run. And it just, it, it hurts to watch the Browns. And I'm not a Browns fan, but when you get close with guys like Joe Thomas or you, I have many friends that are from yeah. Cleveland, I just, you just see the Browns week after week. They might get a, a good win, but then that Jets game. Or the Falcons game.
0: Like, it, it's just uh, the Browns are going to be the Browns until they prove different. I I agree. I, it, there are a lot of good things to like about that team. It's the best one-two punch of running backs on one team in the NFL, yet they continue to throw the ball 40 times and run it 20. Um, Christian McCaffrey gets traded from Carolina to the 49ers. Um, don't know. He'd have to fly... Because the game is in San Francisco. He'd have to fly out of Charlotte, travel all across the country, uh, and, and land in Santa Clara, technically, um, or San Jose, technically. Uh, that's where the stadium is. That's where they practice. And would he be ready to play on Sunday? I don't know. The Niners are home to the Chiefs. And Kansas City is a two-point road favorite. With or without Christian McCaffrey. I think the Niners bounce back this week and get a win.
2: Well, for me, this really just depends on Joey Bosa's health. Um, I know he was hurt last week versus the Falcons. Um, This week, if he's not back, then I have a tough time believing the 49ers get it done. Um, I'll take, I I will take the Chiefs in this one again. Um, I think that's I think that's a smart decision just based off of the injury report.
0: Okay. All right. So I take San Francisco. You two are going Kansas City. Chiefs, baby. Travis Kelsey. Another big game. Let's go. Homer show. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of. of, Speaking of what? Homer shows. Oh, here we go. Yeah, of course. Bengals. Six and a half point favorite. I'd say I don't like doing this. And I said it last week. I didn't like doing it. Uh, And I don't like it because I'm in disagreement with Zim Huday. I am in agreement with Paul Doherty. I am not sold on this offense yet. I'm just not. I'm just not. They've got to play better than two or three drives a game. And I don't care about stats. You know me. I'm not a stat. The only stat that matters is how many points do you score? And how many do you give up? The rest of it's all BS and for fantasy football players and for people who want to sit around and just talk about numbers and use that as an argument for winners and losers. I'm picking the Bengals. I just... I, all right, I, I'm picking them. Doesn't matter. I know you two guys are picking them.
2: Well, that's where you would be wrong. Wow! Because I'm picking Atlanta.
0: Oh, my God. I don't Stop think, the
2: bus. I do not think Cincinnati will cover. I think they'll win... But here's an interesting little tidbit, okay? Okay. The Falcons well, – well, we'll just start with the, the Bengals because I know that one off the top of my And my head.
1: computer is crashing as we're speaking, so that's why the pick's not showing up. Okay.
2: So in the last one, two – so just in this season alone, one, two, three, four games all within four points. So that would obviously make it so then they're not able to cover. Right. Um, if you go back even further into the playoffs, there was three or four games in a row where it was decided by three points or less. Yep. The Falcons also have a very similar story. They keep games really close and really tight.
0: Well, that's a recipe Dan Horr talked about.
2: And that exactly. So week one versus the Saints, one point game. They lost week two versus the Rams, a four point game. They lost the Seahawks. They won another four point game. The Browns, a three-point game. The Buccaneers should have been a lot closer. They probably should have won that game. And then they just straight up win by two scores against the 49ers. To me, I feel like this is a perfect time to just do it based off of analytics here. The, the facts are that they keep games close, both teams. So I think that this is a good time to pick against the Bengals. I think they'll still win i still smell that victory who day no 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 napalm um but yeah i think uh i think atlanta falcons can cover
0: okay brandon
1: casey and i agree
2: you gotta be kidding i think
1: it's gonna be like a three-point Bengals win
2: wow who's the real homer
0: now homer show sing the song tom no (laughs) never again they win the Super Bowl, be the only time that I'll sing it again. Forever. Is I'll that it, it, it in the pro game? I do believe so. It is. Okay. Um, before, we, before we get to the cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers, um, Brian Kelly, did you see this rant he went on yesterday? No. I meant to include this. He continues his rant against instant replay in college football. Said on his weekly radio show last night, it's ruining the game. After at least five instances, when play was stopped for review during their victory over Florida, Kelly Monday started by saying his biggest concern is replay was slowing the game down. And then he says, are you ready for this? He says 10 out of 10 times, The call on the field stands. He's right about that. But then he added, unless it's an LSU call, or is it just me? I don't think they like the guy from up north down here in the south. That's interesting. Wow. All right, Brian Kelly. I'm a Brian Kelly fan. I know a lot of people around here are I'm a Brian Kelly fan, and after watching them against Florida last week, it is a matter of time, a matter of time, before they have got it rolling down in the bayou. All right, uh, do we have a cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers? We We do.
1: We do. We're bringing it in. Put it in reverse, Terry. We got to fill you in with— Tee it up for us, please. So this is a video from, I'm assuming, around the 4th of July a few years ago, probably 10 years ago now. Uh, where Terry is trying to light a firework and forgets to put it in reverse.
0: Oh, this is a famous video you were talking about. Yeah, this is the video
1: we were talking about. Put it in
0: reverse, Terry. Yep. Are we going to be able to hear this? Yep, we should. Okay, go ahead. Bang up,
3: bang up. Bang up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry.
0: Now I get
1: it. And he's okay, but he's okay. a fa- famous meme and and, and video, put it in reverse. Terry, back it up, Terry.
0: It's scary stuff.
2: Uh, it was a. I
1: think he was
0: okay. I oh, know. I know he was okay, or at least it looked like he was okay. We know if he yeah, was. Well, kids okay. do dumb
1: stuff. I remember our like eighth grade, uh, whitewater rafting trip. We had a Roman candle war where we were like shooting Roman oh, candles that's really at each other. Smart. Well, Sal boys.
0: Well, they, they you just explained it all you just explained it all they, they're down in football by the way we're not doing high school football tonight right
1: well we're broadcasting games we're not doing the game day show we're doing you want to explain that's what I you want to explain what yeah. we're doing so we're
0: doing like a red zone kind of show tonight right
1: that's right so we've got
2: like probably anywhere between six or seven games that we're gonna be. Uh, doing a red zone type show for. Uh, we're going to be discussing those games as they happen live, uh, commentate just when they score, or um, you know, just hanging out and watching the game. I think we've got our normal guests like Reed Mouse or guests, our hosts Reed Mouse and Paul Frischner. I think Trace Fowler and Sean right. Spurlock might be on it. Right. Um, don't hold me to that, but it's going to be a really big show. Gonna be really big time. Something um, different for us. Something different. We're trying
0: lots of different stuff around yeah. here. This is the last week of the regular season for high school football. Is Lasalle gonna make the playoffs? Everyone makes the playoffs now because they, oh, and they're Division Two, so there's 16 teams and 16 make it. Yeah, well, everyone across everywhere makes it now. No, no, are they not? It's top 16.
1: Oh, and there's 17 in Division One. Is that what it is? Well, something like that.
0: And and Kentucky's
1: yeah. done this for years, and and it is. That it's it's great for the schools though it's good for well, it's good for money that's what that's what the idea is i, I just you have these games in kentucky for years where it's been like Covcath will play a team that is far less of an opponent talent wise and they'll win 72 yeah. to, to three right
0: and it's just we're just wasting everyone's time yeah yeah um but the playoffs start next week and and we're gonna have games for you right here on chatterbox it's gonna be great stuff um some really good teams in this area. Really good. A handful of them in division one, D two, Winton Woods, defending state champ, D three, Wyoming. Uh I think they're D three. Hamilton Baden. And then D four I think is Wyoming. Yep. And uh yeah, good stuff. Great high school football here in town. All right everybody, have a great rest of uh, have a great weekend. You guys have a great rest of your day. You're the only two employees, we're the only three not on the golf course today cuz we're working for 11. Yep. <laughs> we have to. We're the sure. ham and eggers. The uh, ham and eggers, that's right. Thank you for joining. us. We'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. Have a great weekend.